Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist and I'd like to welcome you to episode 376 of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is sponsored by my new book, The Complete Compliance Handbook, which is the top one volume compendium of all things compliance. It is available now for pre-sale purchase on my website, www.fcpacompliancereport.com. You can check it out and check out more information on it. I know you will find it useful to help you put together to create, enhance, or upgrade a complete compliance solution. Today I have with me Donna Busella. Donna is the president of Compliance for Guidepost Solutions. She has a unique background with military, civilian, and government service that uniquely suits her for her new role at Guidepost. In this podcast, she tells us a little bit about what Guidepost Solutions is, the services it provides, and some of the new exciting business innovations from Guidepost, and how Guidepost can provide you a plethora of solutions which will help you in a wide variety of areas. This is Tom Fox. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. and You're in for a real treat today. Because I have with me Donna Busella. Donna is the president of compliance at Global, excuse me, Guidepost Solutions. And she has a very unique background with military, civilian, and government service that uh, I think really brings a unique perspective to the compliance arena and to Guidepost Solutions. Um, in my research to prepare for this podcast, uh, I discovered to my chagrin that Guidepost Solutions is much, much broader than I had thought of. Uh, when I think of you guys, I think of uh, corporate monitorships. So one of the things we're going to explore and Donna's going to help us understand are the, really the complete suite of solutions that Guidepost Solution brings and how the types of people that work there as experts working teams to deliver what I think are really first-rate solutions, Donna, with that uh, extraordinarily long-winded introduction. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to visit with me today. Th- thanks, Tom. It's my pleasure. I really appreciate giving the opportunity to tell a little, the world a little bit more about what Guidepost Solutions is and, and what we do. So you've worked as an AUSA, you've worked in Maine Justice, you've worked uh, for the Department of Terrorist Screening at the FBI, you've worked with the TSA, you were a, a uh, Army JAG Corps lawyer for looks like 24 years, you've been in private practice law firms, you've been in uh, corporate jobs, uh, and now you're at Guidepost Solutions. Um, could you maybe detail a little bit of your journey for us? Sure, sure. Um, uh I was the. I, I began my career as an Army JAG, uh, and I really wanted to be a prosecutor uh, at the time, uh, and ended up becoming a defense attorney first. Uh, then I actually had an opportunity to do suspension and debarment of government contractors. This was during my first three years in the in the military, but I finally got my dream. I got to be a federal prosecutor in Miami, um, so I left active duty after three years. Stayed in the reserves throughout my career, and and uh, I had a very interesting career, and I was able to continue to to do my reserve duty. But I was a federal prosecutor in Miami during uh, during all of the uh, cartels and the Colombian uh, cocaine wars. Uh, went up to Washington D.C. 
back in probably early on when when Janet Reno was the attorney general, and then I ran training not just for the Department of Justice lawyers, but for all the executive branch uh, lawyers. I did that for about a year, and then I was asked to be the number two in an organization that was in charge of assisting U.S. attorneys' offices all over the country. And uh, I ultimately became the director of the executive office for U.S. attorneys, but we were there mentoring U.S. attorneys, helping them as they were coming on board, hiring and firing assistant United States attorneys, doing management internal reviews of, of all the 94 U.S. attorneys' offices, dealing with staffing, dealing with the Hill, um, even had some opportunities to... Uh, to sort of negotiate and work with um, a lot of trial teams around the country in assembling teams, whether for the Unabomber investigation, Church Arson Task Force, Health Care Fraud Task Force, or and I was actually one of the first responders to the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, during that time period, I had an opportunity every once in a while. There's some challenges out in the field, and I was an uh, interim U.S. attorney in the Middle District of Florida early on. Um, and then I, I went back over to justice. Uh, and then I ended my justice career as being the United States attorney in the middle district of Florida. Um, I was probably the first woman in the state of Florida to be confirmed. Uh, I had, you know, opportunities in private practice. I was doing FCPA white collar work, uh, 9-11 happened and, uh, I felt the call right to go back and I helped stand up TSA, uh, and then <clears throat> I was asked by uh, the director of the FBI, Mr. Mueller, and the White House to go ahead and start up the terrorist screening center, which kept the uh, watch list for known suspected terrorists right after 9-11. And, uh, and I'd done that. And then I went out to corporate America and uh, worked for, you know, uh, uh, I did business development for Perot. I did internal uh, security for uh, Bank of America and then I, um, I went back to, to, to a law firm and, uh, again, got the call back to go into the government. I was in charge of intelligence for customs. And then I decided that was, I had done what I thought I had done. All during this time, I was still in the reserves. Um, and then I uh, had an opportunity to go be a chief compliance officer for a company in higher education that um, had some challenges, had the government after them, federal, uh, the state attorney generals. And my job was to build a compliance department and, uh, and try to uh, uh, convince the government that the company had gotten itself um, sort of righted up. And, uh, and, and that was a, a great experience for me, especially in compliance, because I got an opportunity not only to work inside, but my role was really to craft a position so that I was able to work with our board. I, I reported to the board. I negotiated a little bit of a direction to, through my CEO, but I was not part of the legal department. Uh, and it was a great opportunity. I, I worked with some of the finest, uh, people, uh, but I got to learn the business side and I realized, and, and I think they realized too, that the more I learned about the business and what drives, you know, revenue, the better I could put in internal controls, understand the business, but do it in a compliant way. And, uh, and I had a great CEO at the time and a great chief, um, financial officer. Uh, my chief legal officer was, you know, we were like bookends of knowing exactly what was right and, and what was wrong. And, uh, when I left there, 
I realized all along the way I had gathered all of this information. I mean, I probably know uh, many, 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 many federal prosecutors or former federal prosecutors all over the country because either I trained them, I promoted them, I came in contact with them. But I also really liked this compliance field because to me, it was helping companies out by providing sort of practical insight. You know, just I think a lot of people in companies look at, at uh, compliance as a, oh, God, it's just going to drain our revenue. And they just they're the people that say no uh, and rather just turn that that equation around and say, no, it, it's going to drive operations. And it actually, in the long run, if done right, will save you a lot of money in legal fees. Uh, and so we complement law firms and work a lot of times with law firms. And so uh, the guidepost that you said that you thought you knew about uh, just doing monitorships uh, is really in addition to doing the investigations and compliance and monitoring and due diligence, we also have security and technology solutions for clients. And so uh, it is a really uh, interesting company. We have offices uh, all over uh, the United States, um, 12 uh, in the United States and two overseas. Our clients are all over the world. uh, And and we look at finding solutions to clients who have some challenges or when they're looking to recalibrate or retool either some of their business processes, they ask us to come in. Our our people that work for our company uh, are... We have former general counsels. We have uh, former federal agents, CIA, FBI, DEA, Secret Service, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Our CEO, our CEO is actually the former director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Uh, many people are former prosecutors, so we all seem to have. Our, our paths either crossed or clearly we all have the core mission of we want to help. We want to help a company, and um, and it's been uh, it's 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 really uh, it's a really dynamic environment. Uh, I can't tell you from one day to the next. I mean, I am working on multiple engagements, but I never know who when I get when the phone rings, who's going to ask me a question like, "We'd like for for somebody to help us in our litigation department." Do you have somebody that can come in and help us? Can you do a management review of our legal department? Uh, we have, you know, a number of uh, students at an international school. And we want to make sure our paperwork is okay for the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, uh, we 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 need help. We don't we don't think we're in trouble, but we really like to um, regenerate our compliance program and expand it. And we want you to come and kick in the tires and tell us what's working, what's not, what can be improved. Uh, we've helped a number of companies right before they went public um, to make sure that they were in compliance with the regulated industry that they were involved in. And so it's, um, it's a pretty dynamic environment. Obviously, uh, we, we work a lot with people who are in highly regulated industries with the government uh, looking at them or maybe potentially looking at them. And so we really uh, have to be agile and pivot according to sort of what's going on in the government, you know, at the, at the time. And so uh, there's, there's a lot of great uh, opportunities for us. The side of the house, I don't think that anybody really thinks about guidepost is the security and technology consulting side of the house. 
we uh, have helped a number of police departments after shootings uh, in their design and security of outside of cameras where they should be, um, sort of ingress, egress, uh, helping them on, you know, doing threat, risk, and vulnerability uh, assessments. And we have, as I mentioned to you before, a lot of former law enforcement, but we also have a team of engineers. And so we we have the uh, opportunity and have served as a um, sort of an offshore, not offshore, but in the United States, a global security operations center um, where we become sort of the, the center when there are um, issues of, you know, places being robbed. We have a sort of a 24 center, 24 hour um, center where we can monitor that. We help on systems design with uh, false alarms. We help uh, hospitals uh, in, um, in having nursing call and paging mass notifications. Uh, we have helped, um, uh, a number of large, uh, companies as they're building, uh, and growing internationally with their, with their sites, again, for purposes of security, uh, and making sure that, uh, however their building is designed and created, it's done so, so that its employees and customers are safe. Um, we've done stadium and event security work. We were, we were, uh, called on to help out in, in Manchester after the Area Grande, uh, incident. Uh, we help out in, uh, sports arenas. Um, we, take a look at crowd management and planning and do event uh, security and planning and management. Uh, and we also are involved in doing cyber assessments and operational security design and project management. And uh, we look at threat evaluations. We do inf- information security program assessments. Uh, we help companies with data protection. Uh, and um it's 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 a whole different side of the house, but yet uh, we find many times that not only in compliance, but we find out that uh, when we go in just looking at compliance with regulations, people want to have compliance with technology. And so we are able to offer a number of, of different solutions for them. And uh, uh, we have a, you know, we, we try to give people what they want. We listen very carefully closely to our customers um, and we pride, we pride ourselves on giving them some practical and fair suggestions as to uh, what they can what what they could use and you know we don't we, we try not to give them the Cadillac unless they want it um, but you know people just want to make sure that they and their employees as well as their customers are um, are safe. Don, you said a couple of things early on, actually three things that really struck me. Uh, the first one was pretty easy because you talked about uh, compliance not being the land of no. I often say compliance officers are not Dr. No from the land of no. But you had a couple of points <laughs> that I think really I wanted to explore a little bit because it seems to me to be the ty- uh, one of the real business differentiators for Guidepost. And that was two things. One was practical insight into businesses, but more importantly than having practical insights, it it was also to uh, use compliance or any of the other services that Guidepost may deliver to drive operations. 
And it, it, uh, the reason it struck me is when you were telling your story and your experience about how you could use compliance to really drive operations, uh, you said to save uh, the company money and perhaps uh, legal risk, but I would even say uh, to actually make the company more profitable by making it more efficient. But it sounds like it's not just in compliance. It's, it's really in a large number of areas to the point where uh, one of your listed services is even business development consulting. Could you talk a little bit about the, the driving operations part of how you see Guideposts? Sure. Sure. Uh, depends on our, on our engagement and on our, you know, who our client is. Uh, but it is for us, um, you know, I, I've, I've been in many different industries. I really want to know sort of the risk appetite for the company. I really want to understand how they operate. And so when I'm providing any kind of guidance or any of my colleagues are, we really sit and spend time um, listening to the company's operations in because we want to know sort of what's the revenue driver, what are the risks. Um, and sometimes companies, uh, you know, are they don't understand the government. And sometimes for many of us that have been in the government, we don't understand the government either um, because some of the stuff is not logical or rational. <laughs> uh, but it's really, you know, um, it's, it's making sure we can understand sort of the concerns that the company has, the direction that they want to go, and then tell them, you know, look, you don't have to ignore this. You can just, you can do this, you know, here's three ways you might be able to approach this. And it, it might be, sound like it's going to be a financial investment up front, but if you do it, and if you're able to articulate that you have a game plan, that if you identify an issue, a, a concern, maybe a potential problem, you have an immediate re remediation plan, how are you going to fix it? How are you going to fix it going forward? Because a lot of times, some of the compliance in order to comply or meet the compliance requirements, a lot of it sometimes you have to rely on your old and outdated data systems and ability to retrieve the data. And people people are sitting on data in companies, they don't even know what they have. And really it's to try to get an understanding so that if you have a regulatory report, you need to know the things that the government's interested in. They don't, you know, it's, it's not, uh, as we remember in law school, we always want to tell people how smart we were and all the stuff we had. And we go back to the same uh, basic question. Give the government what they ask for. Don't give them everything else. Focus. Um, because I think that's what happens with compliance. People say, oh, my God, there are all these requirements. And they become so overwhelmed instead of doing sort of a risk ranking because you can't fix everything overnight, and nothing is 100% correct. Nothing. Uh, and, I, and the government understands that, but you need to have an articulated plan of how you're going to address certain issues. And in this regulatory environment, which seems to change a lot, um, and I'm not going to say on a drop of a dime, you really need to have a strategy and a vision going forward. And not only is it important for the company, but it's for the, all their employees to understand. And so it's the self-reporting. It's the let the employees report the stuff up. I know nobody in companies really want to hear the bad stuff, but wouldn't it be best for the company to fix the issue before the government comes in and tells you how to fix it? Well, so I, I think that's really where we can sell, we can save companies money. 
The other thing you talked about was the team approach that Guidepost takes. I was wondering if you might be able to uh, expand on that in a few words. Sure. So um, there are a number of, uh, we have about, I'd say about 160 people uh, that are full-time employees uh, that work for Guidepost. And we also, uh, because we operate in highly regulated industries, and you know one of the issues um, that we have been monitors either on financial institutions or with GM, we are able to reach in and find the experts for the different companies. We don't, we don't profess to have every expertise, but we certainly know where we can find them. And when we are um, helping a client out, we make sure that we have the right set of people, the right set of expertise to be able to really address the specific and or unique requirement or concern that the client has. And so, uh, you know, you'll see one person, but there might be a few other people that will actually be actively engaged. If I am involved in an engagement, they have Donna Bucella and the guidepost team. So they don't just see me for the, you know, the initial proposal and then I'm gone. They have me full time. And, um, and that really, I think is, it's very unique. It's, it's not of, um, a lot of times, you know, somebody will, will be the, they'll be the point person, but the, the people that really know the facts are the people behind them here. We, we try to, um, we try to, to ourselves, uh, become the, the experts to be able to help the client. And we'll go, we'll go ahead and suggest to them, look, we have this expert here. Did you think about this? And, you know, if we need to, we have some forensic accountants on board, but if we need a different type of forensic accountants, certainly in the healthcare industry, we are able to reach in and get it from our very large network of, uh, you know, the experts that are out there that either they were former um, agents or, uh, or, or agency employees, that can really provide sort of, you know, the current and accurate sort of where are the requirements coming from the government right now and how can we best help the client. So uh, I, I never work on anything totally by myself. I might be leading it, uh, but I usually have a team and, and it could be from any of our offices where we work, we work together. And we've done a lot of that on <clears throat> with financial institutions um, and working up with international banks when they had a monitor uh, assigned to them being us, uh, where we had basically helped them in sanctions compliance and anti-money laundering and seeing how their, their controls are and how they record things and looking at knowing, knowing your customers. And, and we could actually literally go around the world to many different branches to just test and see how they are and help the company so they, they can own it and they can start to put in place the internal controls and see how we view or how we would examine sort of their systems so that hopefully for sustainability, they, whoever's being monitored, can actually um, embrace and improve some of the, the internal controls that, we've, that we have uh, um, given to them and that they can then routinely, regularly test and monitor their own systems. And it becomes a very, I know nobody wants a monitor. Nobody wants anybody that's going to be foisted upon them. But we try to, um, try to assist them and, and as, as collaboratively as possible. I mean, we, we, we don't, you know, we don't, we, we will tell them this is the way the government's going to operate and you can't, can't do it this way, but you can do it another way. 
Um, and, uh, and, and I think, um, uh, certainly from some of the engagements we've been engaged involved in, uh, they, there's been a, you know, again, holding your nose when we first come, but after the period of time that we're there, it becomes very much collaborative of they'll say, Hey, can you look at this? What are you seeing? You know, could you tell us, could you give us some suggestions? How do you think we could do this better, you know, the next time? And, you know, it's an iterative process. You don't just tell them, okay, you need to do these 10 things and you'll be okay. You, you really have to understand the uniqueness. It could be a cultural uniqueness. It could be a uniqueness because of the location that they are operating. There might be either state requirements, country requirements, and you try to adapt um, as best you can so that that they can continue to operate, but do it in a way that they're meeting the requirements of whatever jurisdiction they're operating in or whatever uh, regulatory agency is overseeing them. Donna, I was wondering if there are any new innovations or even business initiatives uh, that you've got go- going on at Guidepost that you uh, might want to tell us about. Well, as I, as I mentioned to you before, um, you know, obviously, uh, involved in the in the um uh security and technology service and and certainly the cyber area uh we've been able to do a number of um of uh assessments and helping helping companies out uh, again i i get into this we all everybody was so hot to get on the computers and get this data and everything else but too many companies are sitting on a lot of data and there might not necessarily be controlled, protected, uh, and they need to be tested. And you don't test something after something blows up. You test it before something bad happens because you're trying to be in a preventative posture. And, and that's really what we're trying to, to serve our clients. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, there are a lot of, a lot of records um, that are protected uh, by personnel uh, issues and privacy issues. And uh, again, it's, it's sometimes a little difficult to, um, uh, to encourage a company to go ahead and have their systems tested. Some companies, maybe they have something that happened internally that scared them uh, before the government comes, which is great um, because because then they have the initiative to to want some further diving into. And so it's really, really um, important because it becomes more of um, sort of strategic consulting. It's trying to figure out sort of what their systems are, giving them a roadmap of, you know, here, this is what you really need to look at. In, uh, in the next, you know, over a period of time, next several years, but this is what really needs to be done now, especially with this dynamic threat um, environment that we are in. And it really companies, again, I get to the risk, but it's also uh, investment prioritization um, that companies need to figure out what is important to them, what are, their, what, are their, what are the things that keep them up at night, and then come up with a plan to make sure that they sort of have processes and procedures in place. It is not a good idea, as again, when you're in a crisis situation, when something blows up, for you then to figure out, okay, what's our strategy going forward? You're totally in a reactive mode, and we try to encourage uh, our clients and, and, uh, and, and future clients 
that, you know, when, when it's quiet, that's a good time to start looking for things. That's a good time to start testing your systems. And, um, and really that's, that's really, I, I think, uh, where, where our value comes in. And we've, again, I mentioned to you, Tom, we, we operate in the chemical markets, communication, IT, corporate, defense, education, financial services, healthcare, um, insurance, oil and gas, pharmaceuticals, sports and entertainment, utilities, transportation. We really are almost agnostic as to the industry. Um, because again, as I mentioned to you before, we can find our, our uh, cadre of subject, real subject matter experts who are cutting edge. And we can we can pull them in. So it really is, you know, if if we were in a perfect world and there was enough budget out there for companies internally, because I that's usually the first thing we always hear. We don't have the money for this. Um, it would really be in you know sort of think of it as an insurance policy. Think of it as a long roll. Uh, what's the game plan for this year? What are we going to do next year of ways in which people can test their own systems in their companies? Well, Donna, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if uh, the listeners wanted to go someplace for more information on guideposts, where would you suggest they go? Well, they most certainly they can go to www.guidepostsolutions.com. And uh, you will have our sort of all of our materials there. We have, you know, locations you can click on to whatever office. The phone numbers are available there. Uh, again, we're all over the country. We're also in Singapore and London. Um, and, uh, and, and all of us and each, each office we talk often. Uh, and so we're, we're able to, uh, to assist you any way you can, just give us a holler or send us an email, and uh, we'll be more than happy to, to sit down and talk to you and find out what your needs are and see what we can do to help. So I've been visiting with Donna Busella. She is the president of compliance at Go, uh, Guidepost Solutions. Donna, I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with me, and I hope we can continue the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the FCTA Compliance Report. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the longest-running podcast in compliance. Also, if you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.